Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm here as always, Southo Dan, for those who are listening for the first time, and what are you doing? And I am joined tonight by a bloke who is smiling, who radiates happiness and love always. Terry, mate, how the hell are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Mate, I'm excited. Something happened today that we've been talking for weeks and weeks and weeks about, and I want to do it now, Terry. No. No, 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 we have to relive the weekend of hell first. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. It hurts too much. We have to do it. Look, this is, fair enough. Pe- you know, Dan, people tune in twice as much after a loss when we just go mental than they do for positivity. So let's just give the people what they want. Look, let's that, bag sharks. That's a fair call. And the stats don't lie because a couple of years ago when Chad Townsend got sent off, our number tripled that week because people knew that we're going to go ballistic. So, um, look, mate, I, I have a feeling I'm going to deliver tonight because I, I'm not all too happy. But uh, you want to do the lead-in, Terry? That, well, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Um, it was anything other than magic in the magic round for the Sharks as we went down 30 points to 10 to the Canberra Raiders. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, Dan, and... I actually went back and watched this game on replay today because I am a sucker for punishment. Why Why would you do that? Well, I just wanted to remember how bad we were. I, you know, as a lot of people have said, this, uh, this loss, it, uh, it's like one of the worst losses we've had. And... Whilst there have been other score lines, like Penrith put 50 on us uh, a couple of years ago, Melbourne beat us 42-8, to eight, but those were games that you kind of expected the Sharks to lose and get flogged in. Like, going down to Melbourne and having Melbourne put 40 on you these days is just the norm, you know? <laughs> if, if you go down to Melbourne and lose by 10, well, you job well fucking done. Yeah, you know? that's one point in the column. Yeah, you know, I... I Honestly, these days it feels like if you go to Melbourne and get within ten points, you should probably take the two competition points home. That's a moral victory, you know. I, we're going to put that forward to Peter Vlandis in our end of year review. Yeah, and uh, you know the the Penrith the Penrith team in in twenty twenty they were the first team to really capitalise on PVL ball. So when they put fifty points on us, we were kind of like, well, everybody saw that come. <laughs> it's spot on. Nobody saw this performance coming from the Cronulla Sharks. Nobody saw this. We were raging hot favourites. A dollar thirty-eight at kickoff, Dan. Look, to be fair, one set in, it looked like that was on the road. Oh, and the money as yeah. we kicked the ball and got it and forced the set. And I said to Bryson, my son, I turned and I said, "Hey, we're on today." And for the next seventy-nine and a half minutes, the Sharks just punched me in the mouth. Yeah, and, and it's like, it was completely uncharacteristic from a lot of the solid players that we've had this year. Like, when was the last time Aiden Tolman made two mistakes in a game? Like, I don't remember Aiden Tolman making two mistakes in a season. It'd be his bulldog days. Yeah. It would be, like, even then, even then when you go back into his bulldogs days, he was still the one thing that kept that bulldogs team going. He was your meat and potatoes, 150 metres, zero errors, quick play of the balls, 40 from 40 tackles, collect your paycheck, and somehow still got bagged. But 
man, like, this was just a performance that was awful from top to bottom. And that it starts with Fitz and goes with the 17 players on the field. It does. And we we got to call out the great man, Sir Fitz. You know, inexperienced coach. And again, someone called us out on the Facebook today and said, oh, you guys didn't call Fitzgibbon inexperienced when you won. Well, you don't do that, idiot. But anyways, look, Nico Hines, Form 7, in the middle of everything that Cronulla's done all year. You know, they he said in the press conference, Fitz, that was that Nico attacked the same as he had all year, which was, no, he didn't. He attacked as a fullback and not as a, a 7. You know, a lot of the early ball was going to Trindle, and we, we I think it's become patently obvious that he, he's not up to first grade just now. But Nico didn't attack the same, and I think moving him sort of caused players like Wade Graham, Blake Braley, etc., to overplay their hand. It just completely threw us off. And again, I mean, we, we backed the decision to play him at one, knowing that, that Miller and Metcalf weren't 100% fit. So, you know, I can't, I can't bag him for his decision, but in hindsight, it was the wrong one. I'm looking at the game stats, Dan, and everything that happened in the statistics suggests that Cronulla should have won this game and won it comfortably. They had three players sent to the sim bin. At one point, they were down to 11 men. And that Raiders team, they did to Cronulla what Cronulla did to the Warriors. Spot on. The only thing that cost Cronulla this game was their lack of respect for the football. It was errors. Anytime the Canberra scored, it came off a Sharks error. They didn't do anything sensational. They didn't do anything spectacular. All they did was capitalise on Sharks errors. Cronulla would either give a penalty away or they'd, you know, force a stupid pass or they'd just an uncharacteristic drop of the ball and Canberra just took their opportunities and they took them well. But let's read it out because I know, I, like, and this is what makes it even even more disgusting in the performance. We had fifty four percent of the football. We had more sets. We had three times as many tackles inside the opposition twenty. We had more run meters. We had more runs. We had more offloads. We had more line breaks. We had more kick meters. But what it came down to was errors. We had double the errors, and we had 35 missed tackles to 23. Every statistical category, and I'm still scratching my head as to how we did not beat Canberra by 20 points. We had no fluidity in attack. Like, you mentioned those errors. How many How many of those errors were third tackle, we're setting up, we throw the ball and knock on? You know, you turn the ball yeah. over. You can... I, I lost count of the amount of times we got six again and ran four hit-ups and then threw it wide and got caught. And it's like, okay, that's four, that's 12 tackles we've had in there, 20, but we've gone sideways 100 metres but haven't gone forward. We missed Nico straightening the attack. I, I can't remember who the Fox commentators were, but they kept saying, no one's running straight. It's just side to side yeah. to side. And even when we had a man over, we couldn't find an overlap. Whereas last week we were defending, we, we were attacking with eleven players, and we found an overlap and scored in the corner against the Warriors. The 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 numbers are there, like it has to be. We were playing thirteen on twelve and thirteen on eleven for a couple of minutes there. It just it wasn't it wasn't happening. And I mean, Trindle, I don't know if he had cement in his boots or 
or he had a bet on himself to score a couple of tries, but the amount of times we created a three-on-two and the old uh, step inside and get tackled and held up on the fourth or fifth, it was driving me crazy. And I'm definitely not blaming Trindle. They were all off. I think, aside from Royce Hunt and Ken McInnes, I don't think too many we can say played overly well. But Wade Graham has no role in this current lineup. He kept getting in the way. We kept going left, and it hit Wade, and he wouldn't know what to do. It's like, okay, you play middle, or you play in the out, out on the left edge. I don't know, he did play officially on the left edge, and it, it sort of tapered off a little bit. But I just felt like I'm Wade. Get out of the way. You're like He's running decoys, but he's receiving the ball. And a lot of that's got to go Braley, who I think had his worst game since round one. It just, to take Kennedy out, and don't get me wrong, Kennedy's been in our top three or four players every single week, but you can't take one player out and fall to shit like that. It's not what good teams do. No, and, and I know people turned around and said that we still had you know, 75% of our best spine. But what we did have was 50% of our spine moved because Nico Hines went from 7-1 to one and we had no Will Kennedy. So we've we've moved our best peg to replace probably our second best peg in our spine. And then what we've done is we've created distortion in probably the most critical position on the field because, yeah, Braden Trindle has trained all season at halfback. But he's played about 50 minutes of NRL football this year, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So we threw him in to start. And again, this isn't a criticism of Braden Trindle because there is a football in Braden Trindle. But he's not Nico Hines. And last year, Trindle's best games were when the season was done and he had some electrifying players outside him like Lockie Miller. He never really played with Moylan last year. And... You know, Cronulla was sort of like, well, let's figure out what we've got and, you know, let's just run with it. Trindle had a great game when we beat the Tigers 50-20. to 20, But, again, that was in PVL ball. There was more space. There wasn't any space for him this, this week, and he doesn't know how to straighten up the attack. Trindle's way to straighten up the attack, as you said, is to step back inside and try and score under the post. So, you know, Fitz took a, Fitz took a gamble in this game by going, well, Nico Hines was one of the best fullbacks in the competition last year. Let's put him back. But you've taken away a guy who signed to play in the halves under you and trained all preseason in the halves. You can tell his touch was off. It was. Like and he, dro- he dropped a bomb with no pressure on him. That, that's true. And it's very, like, what you're saying is right. And the entire game plan is built around Nico Hines at seven. To take that out, you're starting again. And we didn't have seven weeks to build it. We had seven days. No. The attack was blunted. Yeah, the attack was blunted. And I know there was no, you know, there were question marks over Lockie Miller and there were question marks over Metcalf. And, you know, it was, whilst, that is, you know, whilst that is an excuse, yeah, I get it. But surely, like surely anyone could have seen, like, like we saw it. We had hesitations last Tuesday night, Wednesday night, when we recorded our podcast by going, don't really think we should be putting Nico Hines at number one. Surely there's an option out there. Like Connor Tracy has spent a preseason at fullback. If we had put Ronaldo at centre, Ikevalo at fire, uh, on the wing, and Connor Tracy at fullback, we still would have had the fluidity of the seven and six of Hines and Moylan. And Connor Tracy's got that speed to inject himself. Now he doesn't have the ball playing or the threat of Will Kennedy, but he's still got that. You know the grunt, the running, the kick returns. Like Nico Hines looked like. He was shying out of contact on the kick returns because he knew 
three tackles later, he's going to have to kick the ball downfield, or he knew he's got to go and set up the attack or be a, a focal point of that attack. Whereas, you know, in the Storm system, you can take that hard kick return, get flogged, make your meters, and you got Pappenhausen, sorry, you got Hughes and Munster, you know, running right, Harry Grant. So it was a, you know, it was a game where, yes, Nico Hines ran for a lot of meters, but it really negated the good things that he does for us at halfback, and Cronulla really struggled with that. He did. Now, it, it certainly didn't all come down to that move, it, it, but I think that was the main reason why it was so clunky. Look, the amount of times that Matt Moylan kept getting the ball in the fifth and putting up a bomb, the bloke the bloke can't kick. He puts everything he's got into it, and it goes 20 metres up, end over head. It's like bringing Chad Townsend in, except Chad's got a bigger boot. Now, I'm not bagging Moylan. I think he's having a great season for us, and his short kicking game this year's been really on point. But he's our fourth or fifth option in kicker, as far as I'm concerned, because there's nothing other than it's a grubber if he's short or he's putting it up. He can't clear anyone. He doesn't have the power in his leg. It just It's not there anymore. So he's putting up a midfield bomb. And I think one went literally right up in the air. I know they let it bounce because they were laughing so hard and we got, you know, play came on the back of that. But overall, that cannot happen. Our middles, though, this was a game that we said they got Tarpany and they got Papali, two monster middles who will crush us up the centre. They rolled us all game. Hudson Young is diabolically bad in terms of form. He was better than any of our forwards outside of Royce Hunt on the weekend. Look, Toby Rudolph, for all his effort, ineffective. You know, Royce Hunt was really effective, and I think... He maybe even had his best game of his career. Aiden Tolman, ineffective. You know, the meters are there. When you look at it, you think, oh, we made a lot of meters. But they weren't effective. Every time Papali touched the ball, he's running over two, playing the ball quick, bang. You know, we saw Zach Walford, who was too shit for Newtown. He got relegated to play for Glebe on more than one chance. He got into a system, saw a space, took off, undoubtedly talented. But they pulled him out of the Glebe Dirty Reds, and he came and tore us up. Our middles just had a day off, except I've got to point out, Ken McInnes was fucking incredible. Every time he touched that ball, it was like, he just, he's a kamikaze pilot. You know, I love the bloke, but he spent too much time on, on the bench this week. I know Jack Williams' injury probably threw the middle rotation off, and that's probably why we saw Wade go out left. But if we put in a performance like that, like the Titans don't have... Canberra's middles, but my God, you cannot get riled by Zach Wolford. No, you can't. And the, the, I mean, the one thing that Zach Wolford does have is explosive pace, and that really caught us out. Now, you know, there, there, there was lots of lots of different circumstances in there. It had been pissing down all week, and of course, we get the sunshine game, so the humidity was like absolutely terrible. But it wasn't just terrible for Cronulla; it was terrible for Canberra as well. But Canberra just I don't know, man. It's like when they when they come up against Cronulla, they can be in the worst form of their, you know, the last seven years, which is what essentially they're in right now, and they they still beat us, you know, and they just they wanted it more, and I feel really bad for their number seven, Brad Schneider, because he's been dropped this week for Matt Frawley. He was arguably their best player. He he's real good. Now it's funny you mentioned that before because a lot of people saw a lot of people giving excuses. It was this. It was that. Two teams, same conditions. Now, they kicked a couple of times to Sione Katoa, who got caught up, sun in his eyes, and let a bloke score it untouched. Unforgivable. Like, I, you saw him put his hand up and then drop it, and then he lost the ball. Okay, the sun's been around for billions and billions of years, Terry. It's not new. 
They have to train those kicks. Up the other end, they had the sun in their eyes too. We didn't kick to them once. It was just game plan. Nothing to do with conditions. Okay, came into it. Nine times out of ten, Katoa takes that. But we had the same opportunity they did. We didn't take advantage. We had a lot of unfair criticism for Sione Katoa online. You know, people saying, oh, he's not a first-grade winger. Mate, he scored 18 tries last year. Yeah, he was bad on the weekend. He was real bad. He was bad on the weekend, but Sione Katoa starts for most teams, you know, strolls through a lot of teams' back lines because he is a good player and his metres, you know, his metres coming out of our end. But he looks injured. Yeah. He looks, and this, this is probably a game where, you know, he's going to want to forget it and he's going to want to bounce back, which is which is good, you know. But, yeah, there, there was, you know, you have a look at his opposite winger, Ronaldo Mulatalo, arguably our best player. Yeah, Ronaldo was fantastic. I wish I could bottle. 76 metres, 80, 84 post-contact metres, like, he was he was brilliant. Yeah, he was, he was dangerous. He's our only attacking player because I still maintain Hunt and McInnes were our best too. But in terms of try-scoring, you know, threat, Outside of Ronaldo, we didn't really have it. I saw a lot of people jump into bag Talakai this week, saying that, you know, he's a bit of a false this and a false that because he beat Morgan Harper up. The bloke's a middle forward playing in the centres. He's only there because we got 210 injuries. Let's, got, let's not go too hard, you know. He's a weapon. People are onto it now. We've got to use that as a battering ram and get other players involved. So I think people are a little bit harsh on uh, poor Siffer. Yeah, you're exactly right. He's a middle or edge forward doing a job in the centres for us. Now, as a centre, he only knows one thing, and that's to run hard straight. Now, let me. Oh, I saw. I saw this. So, let me just put this out to you. There, who would you say is the best prop forward in the competition right now? James Fisher Harris. Thank you, James Fisher Harris. Sifatalikai averages more meters in the centres than James Fisher Harris does in the middle. Talakai is good. He's doing, he's doing a great job. Talakai had no opportunities because Matt Moylan took a lot of bad options on the weekend. He threw two suicide passes to Teague Wilton that he put down, and we gave a lot of early ball to Wade Graham. Now, Wade Graham is a, is a player who needs a decoy run before he gets the ball, or he needs you know he needs the, the sweeping play of Hines to Moylan to Kennedy to put Graham into that space. So Graham was getting the ball early, and he was getting early ball. But the minute he gets that early ball, they've pushed up on him. So if he passes the ball to Talakai, they're already in his face. And if he takes the run, well, they're already there to meet him. So I'm not going to I'm not going to throw the criticism at Wade Graham. I thought Wade was fine. Yeah, he took some bad options, and yeah, he made a bad captain's challenge. But this is Wade Graham who hadn't played for 321 uh, 321 days until last week. He's finding his feet in there. I didn't like. The call from Fitz to move him to the left edge, though, and Teague Wilton into the middle. And I don't like the call that he's starting Wade Graham this week over Teague. Teague's been devastating on that edge. Absolutely devastating on that left edge. And, yeah, he dropped two passes, but they were shit balls from Moylan. But you were right in one sense that our middles really let us down. And Toby Rudolph has been really reliable this year for us in the middle. And everyone's praised how good his defense has been. 28 from 37 tackles. When he's supposed to stand up to these middle middle forwards, not good enough. No, absolutely not good enough. You know, and we we, you know, we Toby's a good mate of both of us, especially you after stitching me up on Outlaws. But uh, 
you know, he's a bloke who's all effort. And, you know, you can't say he missed tackles through lack of effort. But rugby league, first grade, you've got to make those tackles. And when you're... Here's, here's a damning stat for Toby Rudolph. Uh-oh. He missed 25% of Cronulla's tackles on the weekend. So that's not good. And it wasn't good first contact either. It was arms out and, and genuine missed tackles, which is really bad to see because, you know, he's been quite good this season. We just... Can't, I mate, the amount of... Miss, miss four tackles, you know, unheard of. Teague Wilton missed four tackles. But then you have a look at guys like Hunt, Tolman, Finucane didn't miss tackles. So, you know, the you know the guys like your, your ultimate professionals like Finucane and Tolman, they don't miss. You no. know, they're, they're your meat potatoes every week. They're your rocks. But, you know, the, the guys who you think are going to bring the enthusiasm and the energy, young Blake Braley as well, like, had 18 metres in that game. Yeah, it was his worst game since round one. It's Canberra. It's his kryptonite. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, like, the more the, the, the less said about this game, the better. But it's one of the ones where if you were to, if you were to hide the score, if you were to look at the, the, the total stats and you were to hide the score and you see three sim bins, 54% possession, um, you know, nearly 50 more runs, you turn around and go, Cronulla win this game all day. More line breaks, more offloads, you know, better kicking meters. You turn around and go, Cronulla won this game comfortably. To lose it and lose it by 20 points, it's unforgivable. It is unforgivable. The amount of shit tries we gave up, the amount of weak tries we gave up, it's un- it's un-Cronulla-like. Oh, I shouldn't say that. It's un-2022 Cronulla-like. But look, again... As you said on Outlaws, it's it's not the end of the world. We are in a better position than probably we could have been. But looking at our best and our worst, there's a humongous gap between Cronulla's best and Cronulla's worst. Now, Melbourne got pretty handily beaten on the weekend, but if that's the worst Melbourne you got, I still reckon that team beats most sides. Our worst on the weekend, we would have struggled to beat the Tigers and the Bulldogs, honestly. And, and this this is the thing now, you know, you and I talk about there's 25 rounds in a season, all coaches tell you that you take it in five-game blocks. After the first five rounds, we were four and one, and you looked at our next five games afterwards and go, hey, yeah, we should do this pretty comfortable, you know? We should, we should be all right in this, apart from Melbourne. But, you know, there's like, you're looking at it now as a missed opportunity the only tough game that we... Well, we had two tough games, Parramatta and Melbourne. We beat Parramatta, we lost to Melbourne. Outside of that, we, we haven't really played any teams that you'd go, oh, yeah, you know, we should have lost that game. Like, we haven't played a Penrith or a Roosters or, a, you know, an informed South Sydney. We haven't played them. So we've got two losses to Canberra and one to the Broncos. And if you have a look at the way the Broncos played against us, like, Melbourne beat them by 40. Yeah. Brisbane weren't good. We were just really shit. Yeah, we've really got to close the gap between our good and bad because, and we can't yeah. keep relying on on Dalfinuk. And looks like he's out four to six weeks now, which we have to take as an opportunity for the other players to stand up. Whether they can do that or not, well, I hope they now, can. Now, here's here's the other damning thing that I saw on the weekend. Fitz hasn't won a game interstate. Yeah, you're right. Canberra, Brisbane, Brisbane, Melbourne. We've lost to Canberra, we've lost to Melbourne, and we've lost twice in Queensland. We play the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast this weekend. Well, that's not a good stat. I hadn't thought about that. Now, our home record officially shows a loss, but I'm still taking it that we're undefeated at Shark Park. That's a positive, but, Mm -hmm. geez, not winning outside of New South Wales, that's uh, that's a worry. 
That, that gets pretty concerning. Now, as we've said, the Cronulla Sharks this weekend are taking on the Gold Coast Titans. It's time, Terry. It's time. It is Lockie Miller time. He has been named at fullback. Nico has been named um, in the number seven. And he's almost got it right, but he's made a couple of decisions that I don't agree with. What did you make of the lineup? Look, Lockie Miller, number one. So happy. Full disclosure, I was going to open uh, the show with a uh, Miller time, uh, what do they call it, a theme song or whatever it is, but uh, only about four people would have got the joke, so I didn't want to run that. I like the 1 to 17, uh, one to 13, um, with one one glaring change. I don't think you can drop Teague Wilton. He's been our best back rower week to week all year. Um, but I'm I'm overall happy with it. I like the fact Royce Hunt is starting. I think that'll probably change on the day, but this is a big dude in career best form coming off his career best game, so I like that. But I love Lockie Miller at one. I've been calling for it for weeks. We thought Kennedy was going to take a week off against Manly and then the week after. Um, we got no choice. We had to throw him in. It couldn't be what it was, so overall I'm happy. Do not get the bench at all, but I'm going to turn that one over to you because I can see you're ready to go. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked with our 1-7. I honestly thought Matty Cavallo would come in for Sione Katoa. Um, the fact that Ikevalu hasn't been named in the 24 is kind of alarming. Um, but I, I, I thought Katoa could have done with a week off, and maybe maybe it would shatter his confidence for it. But that, that leg of his... Um, I'm glad Nico's back in the seven. Moylan gets his fluidity. Lockie Miller, he's fast. He's direct. He's a ball player. He's been on fire in New South Wales Cup. I wish the kid nothing but the best. Well, he's not really a kid. Like he's debuting at you know, thirty or whatever he is. But I, I, I wish I wish him all the success, and I hope he has an absolute blinder. Um, the forward pack look. It pretty much picks itself. Toby's going to be there. He's going to get a rocket. I think Royce Hunt will start. He has, you know, Aiden Tolman's been named the last couple of weeks and, and hasn't started. So, I, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have dropped Teague Wilton. I, I still think Wade Graham needed one more, one more game from the bench before you know you can you can trust him for eighty minutes. And that's not a shot at Wade. That's just a. That's just Wade's body and, and Father Time beating him up at the moment. Um, the bench, I don't understand for feeder on it with Tolman and Hunt. <sighs> this is a game for mine where if you're going to give Lockie Miller a debut, you might as well throw Tom Hazelton in there. I was quite surprised to not see him. Now, for those that haven't seen the team, Braden Trindle's been named. Don't like it at all. Do not like it at all. Do not understand where he fits in. No, no, you're right. He doesn't. I I want to see another debut in the forwards. I want to see Franklin Pele's name there somewhere. I haven't even seen that. Maybe he's injured. If you if you could, Terry, because I, I don't have the action here, could you check the Newtown lineup, see if that was named, see if Pele and Ikevalu were there? Now, look... This weekend is the first week where development players can be named, so players outside the 30. So, you know, uh, Tom Hazelton comes in. He's available, as are our other development players. I would like to see someone come in late for Trindle. I do not want that to be Harati. I do not want him anywhere near the team. 
he became activated on the weekend after 36 injuries. Uh, and, you know, because Finucane's did injury, uh, he, the tackle that injured Finucane led to a sin bin. It meant we could activate Harati. Came on for a minute or three minutes or something. Pointless. Just just absolutely pointless to have a winger there. You have to have a, you know, I, I'd, I'd put Hazleton there. I put Pele on the bench and I move Fafita back. I This Fafita one week in, one week out, you know, played really, really well against the Warriors. But what else has he done this this year that sort of justifies that spot? I, mate, I, I don't get the bench at all. You know, you got two middles and outside back and a, uh, a, a, I guess, a halfback. Yeah, Franklin Pele hasn't been named. An interesting one that Jesse Colburn was named uh, at prop for the Newtown Jets. He's also been named in the 24 for us. Like, if you're not going to give Hazleton a run, there's a young kid you can give a run to. Surely one of them's got to come in. On the bench for us, Aiden Tolman, Braden Trindle, Teague Wilton, Andrew Fafida. Um, the reserves, Cade Dykes, Tom Hazleton, Luke Metcalf, Mawini Hirodi, Jaden Beryl, Jesse Colhern, and Janaya Lua Lua. Now, Jaden Beryl is the one for mine who would offer more in that 10 minutes than Braden Trindle would. Absolutely he would. There's, there's a ball player, there's a runner. We've seen the Trindle thing hasn't worked. Yeah, look, overall, like, this is the thing now. Fitz is in the... Sorry, Terry's audio has dropped out. As, as stupid as this sounds, because we're, uh, we're probably going to play finals footy this year, but you don't mind Fitz making these mistakes now, you know, for when we become that proper premiership contender, so then he won't he won't mess it up. But yeah, you know, I mean, if we go and beat the Titans by twenty points, you and I are having a party. But if you lose and it's the bench rotations and stuff that that get you done, well, you, you kind of like it's two weeks in a row, buddy. Like, who's going to slap him on the head? Well, yeah, that's that's true. You're going back going back to Pele before. I, I did a quick search. I can't see anything to suggest he's injured, but. All talk is that he's gone to the Tigers, but I mean, I don't care. You play, you play your best available, and, and I think ten minutes of Pele is a little bit better than what you know you're going to get from Fafita. But uh, yeah, that 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 bench just—I'm struggling. I'm struggling to really justify it. Maybe you know, if Fafita's got fifteen minutes there, obviously Teague can play middle, but they're going to have to find a lot of minutes in the middle there, really, because. You know, fire. I, I can't think. I can't think how this rotation works. Teague's going to have to play in the middle because he's shown his hand that McInnes is going to have to come off. Unless you put Teague and Fafita on, and then no, nah, don't like it. Don't like it at all. Well, I mean, obviously Tolman and, and Fafita are your, your props coming off the bench, but doesn't really like doesn't really strike fear into you. You know, like uh, you know Tolman. You know, if Tolman starts and, and Hunt moves back to the bench, well, you've got a little bit of impact coming off the bench, but then you're negating all the good work that Royce Hunt did last, you know, last week. And, you know, like for Fafita, yeah, look, he's there, but he's not going to be there next year. <sighs> you know, Tommy Hazleton was the one that I was I was hoping, you know, and then, I don't know. I, I, I still, 
I, I'm not worried about that. The bench spot that really does my tits in at the moment is Braden Trindle. Like, we, it's shown him coming off the bench in the second half with 10 minutes to go provides fuck all, right? And this is not a this is not a criticism to Braden Trindle because, as we've said, there's a footballer in Braden Trindle, but there's not seven minutes of football for Braden Trindle. Like, it's it's fuck all for him, and all it's doing is stunting his development. Now, it'd be better for Braden Trindle after that shocking performance that he did on the weekend and offering nothing off the bench to go back to Newtown and carve bounties up and get a, a run of three or four games for Newtown before he can turn around and go, you know what? Maybe I can offer something in a 20 or 30 minute cameo, but he doesn't deserve the minutes at the moment. He hasn't earned the minutes at the moment, and he's not in the form for those minutes at the moment. Jaden Beryl is the one who, if you're going to waste an interchange spot, he's a guy who can play in the forwards, he's a guy who can play in the halves, he can play hooker if needed, and he will just go out there and fucking whack someone. But Trindle's not a good defender. Trindle's not going to put a shot on, and he's not a game-breaker at the moment. Don't know if Beryl is, but he probably offers more. Hazleton is, is going to offer more than either Tolman or Fafita. Give him that opportunity. Jesse fucking Colhern in the um, in the trials was, was smashing people. Like, you know, for a team that got trampled in the forwards, we're throwing out the same tired forward pack. Yeah, tired. Tired's the one. I mean, we've lost Jack Williams who, you know, hasn't really had the, the impact this year so far. But you've really got to think, like, I'd, I'd be throwing Metcalf on that bench and saying, look, he's quick, he's elusive, he can play literally anywhere. You say, go out there, run yourself ragged for 10 minutes, you know, make a break, do something. Or Trindle's going to go I, in I, as well. I, I think now Metcalf's a victim of having signed with the Warriors because he's the one, and I said it in our group chat with Pat Mosley, shout out to Pat, now you're going to listen to this, but he's the one who I wanted at fullback this week because, you know, he's got runs on the board at fullback for Manly, for us. Um, yeah, he, he's the one who should be our fullback. I don't care that he hasn't trained there in the preseason or whatever. I don't believe that for a second. You can't tell me he didn't spend one minute at fullback taking bombs. Like, bullshit, but... Yeah, I think he's a victim of going to the Warriors and, you know, we're holding firm, not giving him to the Warriors, but not giving him the opportunity either. And Lockie Miller's going to be there next year. But, like, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough, it's tough after, a, uh, after a loss. Now, we have been given a good opportunity because the Titans, despite their win on the weekend, are not in great form. Now, everyone's talking about how good the Titans game was against the Dragons. It was a shit was game shit. for 78 minutes. I, I like a field goal-a-thon at the end because I like that. Oh, he's kicked it. No, he hasn't. Oh, now they get seven tackles on the 20. They're going to go up. You know, you got the 40-meter field goal. I really enjoyed the last probably probably 10 minutes of that game, including extra time. But on paper, and the games are played on paper, but on paper, you know, Jaden Campbell, you know, he's a good young player, but he's small. You know, foot away is a good forward. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. There's no Fafita. We've been gifted that. Their wingers, yeah. Centers, yeah. You know, Toby Sexton, yeah. AJ Brimson can be good, but he's in shock and form. Can't even Aaron name their Clark. number nine. Aaron Clark. Both yeah, former. There's nothing there that should worry us, but that worries me because we said that going in against Brisbane. We said that going in against Canberra. Yeah, look, the. The only the only forwards that 
I look at from the Gold Coast Titans that put any kind of fear into you. Bo Firma, but only 20 metres out from the line. He runs Bo a good Firma line. Bo loves running an angled, uh, an angled run, uh, uh, an outside in run towards the, the goal posts to try and, you know, to try and catch a tired defender or try and catch your 5'8 out. He loves that run. You know, coming off his own try line, he's about as helpful as Britton Nakora. Um, Mo Fodawaka, he's he's one. He, he can make metres. He came out today saying he hasn't heard from the Maroons coach. And, and to me, I'm sitting there going, fuck you, Billy. Like, we're playing the Titans this weekend. This prick's going to go out and run for 250 metres. And Tino, you know, most one of the most damaging players in the game, five drop balls on the weekend. You watch that prick put super glue on his hands. <laughs> he's not going to lose the ball this week. They do... Um, look, Jared Wallace has had a few good games against us too, which... You know, beggar's belief. But if we can keep Tino and Mo quiet, you know, they, they don't really have a lot to go for. They're, they don't have the damaging outside backs that we do, which probably means Corey Thompson will turn into a fucking superstar again. But, like, Philip Sammy, he's a he's a winger turn whatever turn centre. He'll probably have a game of his life. We have to shut these pricks down. I just, you know, if we keep, keep Brinson and Campbell quiet, there's absolutely no reason why this team should get... Anywhere near us? No, there's not, and which means to me it says it's going to be a, a a really close game. Now, if there's one advantage that you can take out of Magic Round from the Gold Coast Titans Dragons game is the most rain that fell on the weekend fell between that game, which means they're going to have heavy set legs, and they played an extra ten minutes of football. Yes, we played in the heat, but we. The, the ground was almost dry when we played because that ball just fucking bounced when we when anyone kicked it. That ball just bounced. Whereas in the in the Titans Dragons game, you kicked that ball, it stopped in the water. That's true. So they're, they're going to have heavy legs. The one advantage the Titans will have though is they had a half an hour bus ride home, whereas we've got to fly home, recover, and then fly back. Also true. It was pointed out that you know the boys might have been tired because we had to defend a player or two down last week. We've had another seven days now. We've been lucky. We've been given another seven-day turnaround, Sunday to Sunday. So there there can be no excuses in this game. It's a game we have to win. I think the team is close to right. We really miss Hammond Ueli, like really miss Hammond Ueli. But, you know, you've got to make do. Injuries happen. Good teams get past them. And I think, I think this is a game that we sort of, have to win. If you lose three in four against anyone, let alone Brisbane, Gold Coast, and Canberra, I think those alarm bells we won't sound them, mate. I think I think I can hear them in the background. Yeah, look, it, it's when when you start thinking that the teams below us, like we're we're lucky we're in fifth because you know of of teams doing us favors. But as you said, those favors aren't going to come too often anymore. And if you have a look at some of the shit teams that are just outside the top eight, they've got a lot more favourable run than we do. That's true. You know, so you these are these are the games now where when you're you're looking into the future and you're seeing Penrith on the horizon, South Sydney on the horizon, the Roosters on the horizon, you've got to beat the Titans, you've got to beat the Dragons, you've got to beat the Bulldogs, you've got to beat these absolute fucking garbage teams. You know, and then that way, when you take the loss to the Roosters or whatever by twelve points, you can whatever because we've done enough. We've won our previous three games against Dross, 
you know, beat the Dross, play finals. That's what it is. And the Titans are Dross. That's it. You think we beat them? I think we can beat them, and I think we should beat them. Will we beat them? It just depends on what Cronulla turns up. That's exactly right. It's starting to feel like Cronulla again. Now, mate, just before we go, there's been a name uh, today, a prevalent name, a bloke with a bit of a history by the name of Paul Vaughan, who pretty much has been told by the uh, the dogs that, you know, eh, time to move on. Now, the rumours going around since Barrett's been sacked is there's going to be a massive clean-out, which means Tavita Pangai Jr. looks like he's been tapped on the shoulder or gone to them and said depending on who you believe. Obviously, Kickhausen coming. Uh, Brent Naden was released today. He was actually named by the West Tigers on an extended bench to play against the Bulldogs, and I thought, oh, that's a typo. And then it came out in the next half an hour that he's changed clubs. So, Paul Vaughan, Cronulla Bound, Terry, how would you feel? I would take Paul Vaughan tomorrow because he's exactly the forward we need. Someone who's going to go out there, make metres, and make his tackles. Yeah, look, the Bulldogs are coming last at the moment. That's not off his effort. If I was to put down his stats against half the other props in the competition, you'd probably pick him over others without seeing their names. So if we could get Paul Vaughan for 18 months or 30 months, you know, uh, if we could get him now and next year and, and the year after on, on a good deal, I'm absolutely taking Paul Vaughan. And this is what I said in our group chat today. Next year, if you can replace Aiden Tolman and Andrew Fafita with Paul Vaughan, and Oregon the Kafusi that we've got. Oregon, yeah. Yeah, Oregon Kafusi, we're in a better spot. Paul Vaughan, does he make us bite better? Yes. Is he a shit bloke? A little bit. Do we have the people around us now that you'd feel comfortable to keep him on side? Absolutely. Like, what guy is going to want to walk into a wrestling session with Craig Fitzgibbon knowing that you've done something fucking dumb on a Saturday night? It's very true. Now, the only thing that prevents us from saying, oi, come over here, is a salary cap. But we currently have two teams saying, oi, give us a player in Luke Metcalf and Frank Compelle. Do you give those two up to bring Paul Vaughan in? I do. I, I, do. I, I know the Bulldogs had approached us um, about, a, a, you know, they wanted Lockie Miller and they wanted him now. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't give Lockie Miller up. But if there's the opportunity to get Paul Vaughan, I'm perhaps talking to the Bulldogs about, what we did with Chad Townsend and saying, look, we're not going to give you Lockie Miller, but why don't you have Luke Metcalf for the rest of the season? Yeah, you can come play in the, in the halves. It solves a lot of problems. He improves on Flanagan. Well, he, he, he could go and play fullback for him as well because Matt Dufty's shit. Oh, he's, he's checked out, mate. Two weeks in a row, that bloke's watched the guy walk straight past him. And the former shark, Aaron Woods, of course, running into Never Neverland. Always fun to see. Yeah, I, Paul, Paul Vaughan's absolutely one. Jack Hetherington's name was popped up. Look, if it wasn't for his awful judiciary record and the fact that he's a loose cannon and a send-off waiting to happen, he's actually a pretty handy footballer, but when you have a look at the clubs that are linked with him, it probably suggests why. Yeah, I'm not um, interested in having to. So I'd, I'd steer clear of him. The other one as well, man, like we've got nearly $2 million worth of salary cap next year. Probably ask them how they feel about Luke Thompson. Yeah, I mean, Luke Thompson was linked with us quite heavily in coming this season, and I was all over that, and I still am now. I think when they use him right, he's, he's super damaging, and he's the sort of bloke that you look and go, oh, he made another 180 metres, did barely noticed him. 
And when you don't notice players, that's good because it means they're not knocking the ball on or giving away penalties, which I dare say has been Cronulla's problem for as long as I've been around and then some. So, you know... There's another another prop forward who's allegedly been tapped on the shoulder again, and that's David Clemmer, and the answer is yes. David Clemmer I would sign yesterday, tomorrow, and today in a heartbeat, and I can't understand why they'd let him go. But look, there's, there's movement happening... You know, June June thirty is is not really that far off, but I expect to see players starting going very very quickly. But in terms of what we got this weekend, mate, I too expect a victory. Uh, whether we get one or not, fucking who knows. I got one more question about Paul Vaughan for you, Dan. In terms of the player swaps, I know it might be a hard one for you to say no to, but the Bulldogs just released the centre today, as you said, in Brent Naden. Would you swap Mawini Harodi for Paul Vaughan? My arm could be twisted into swapping, yes. And on that note, mate, it's <laughs> on that my one. one.